0: This
1: is Champagne Problems, where we come together to explore the gray areas of drinking. This is a judgment-free zone where we can all take a look at how we make decisions about our relationship with alcohol. Welcome back, everybody. We've got a special episode today. We are on the Champagne Problems Road Tour. Patrick and I have made it down to Charleston to get in the same room with Sam. Yay! Holy cow. This hasn't been done in, what, about 12 episodes? Maybe even more than that? Since Since Sam Sam defected, since I ruined
2: everything, (laughs) (laughs) so we thought while the boys were in Charleston that we would start talking a little bit about what's going on over the holidays and how does alcohol play into all of that. This is an episode that we really chose to do just us three, kind of sitting around. This is what we do whether we are in front of the mic or not. Um, (laughs) Just talk about
3: Santa (laughs) Santa to be our guest, but he's a little busy this time of year.
2: (laughs) You know, we do this anyway, we talk about how we can support our clients, we talk about kind of what's coming up that we need to be really aware of, and this is a big topic, and I think especially this year, we felt it was important to highlight, give people some tools around, because this might be the first Christmas for people in a couple of years with their families again, and for me, I know that that's always involved quite a bit of alcohol, and just wanted to go ahead and kind of open up that discussion of some things that we want to keep an eye on, some things we might want to consider, and what the alternatives might look like for us this year.
1: Yeah, I like the idea that we're going to discuss the fact that this is probably um, a little more pressure, maybe. Uh, You know, uh, people have lost loved ones over the last two years. You know, I mean, I know... Last year was more quarantine uh, influence, so maybe people weren't getting together as much. But, I mean, there are, I know lots of people that have lost loved ones because of COVID, and now we're gathering again as families, and I think that's going to be a factor.
3: Mm -hmm. It's a strange dynamic with, you know, the underlying grief for some of us, but also the celebratory factor of being back together again. So it's kind of a weird
2: not to mention kind of needing Clash. something or being hesitant around, like, I don't know, there's some divides going on. Oh, I mean, that's right. <laughs> you know, that's just coming right. back really? in contact with families. <laughs> what are you and, talking about? I <laughs> don't know. Like, you Put your know, mask people, on, Patrick. People <laughs> arguing over types of vegetables. <laughs> Pull your you mask You know, up, real Patrick. serious stuff. <laughs> you know, masking, vaccinations, politics, kind of everything that's going on right now and has been going on for the past two years. I think more and more I'm hearing that people are having more complex kind of issues getting together with family than ever. And then we've got alcohol that either helps us or hurts us in that setting. Um, and I hear a lot of people kind of talking about that, of like, oh, it'll be fine as long as I have a couple of bourbons before I go. you mm-hmm. know. And that's something we really do throw around. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, let's be honest. It's Christmas. It's it's you know
2: nothing counts,
1: (laughs) right? Nothing counts. But like, I I mean, I don't know how many times I've I've come out of a Christmas holiday and been like, man, that was seamless. (laughs) It's always there's (laughs) There's always always something.
0: There's
1: always stuff going on. Families are tough. Dynamics are tough. People are coming into town. There's pressure, and then of course there's drinking. It's a it's a it is a probably the most alcohol saturated holiday of the year at least over the span of mm-hmm. you know multiple days mm-hmm. you know maybe july 4th might might win but not you know a week in or even two weeks i mean people are out people are vacation yeah, there's new got, years you got everything attached to it too it's like the christmas parties
3: right. the long days of work heading into the holidays you know, yeah. getting the everything done overindulgence. yeah
1: Some of that morning drinking, Mm -hmm. you know, closer to the big day. Yeah, there's,
2: like, all these fun types of things associated with it at this time of year that don't happen so much. Like, it's not like, oh, Cinco de Mayo, you drink a margarita, right? But at Christmas, there's, like, 15 examples of those things. (laughs) And I always hear, you know, people kind of argue the concept of, like, well, my family's not difficult. Like, I don't have family trauma. I don't have all that. And I'm like, great. Then you're drinking too. Like, Mm -hmm. so then you're drinking out of celebration and out of coming together and everyone kind of wanting to stay up late and tell stories and and do all that. And, and then drinking's there too. And so just, I think this episode is important to me because this is where I really remember having a hard time was at Christmas, going home, seeing people for the first time in a long time. And if, I wasn't drinking like I really was the only one not drinking Mm -hmm. and that just felt weird even as far as knowing what to tell people and what to say about it and and how to go about that so I think just being able to to kind of talk through look this doesn't have to be written off as an entire season of overindulgence that doesn't count, right? We talk about how many calories don't count in my household. We talk about like hibernation. We were joking about yes. um, how well the fiddle leaf fig was surviving inside today. Oh. And I was like, but you know, it goes dormant, it just wants to be left alone. It goes dormant, and I was like, and it doesn't grow in the winter. Huh. And my fiance was like, not me, like pointing to his stomach being like, this is when I do plan on overindulging, right? <laughs> and even just kind of comments like that of how much it feeds into, we're so diligent all year long. And then it's like December 15th yeah, through time January to ruin 1st, everything. like that's it.
1: Well, and and I think we also ought to acknowledge that, not that we deserve that, but it's not—it's it, sometimes okay, yeah. right? I mean, not to, you know, black out and, and you know, punch your aunt, but... <laughs> Uh, but, you know, we all deserve rewards. We all deserve relief. It is a holiday. It is festive. Let's get it on. I mean, you know, I I, I get it. I get it. But, at the same time, and in the light of this particular episode, you know, there there should be some intention around it. Hopefully. This makes me, I mean, this kind of goes back,
3: it makes me think about commitment to health and wellness. Like, to me, this isn't you know, especially in terms of what we're trying to do here, it's like going into the holidays. If we can be a little bit more intentional around, mm-hmm. cause it's not like one thing or the other for me, it's like, yeah, I don't drink, but uh, I'm going to let myself gain 10 pounds right. in the month of December. Mm-hmm. Like, and for a lot of people, like for me, I can, and I, I feel like I have a right to indulge that way because I don't, have alcohol is one of my vices <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't get to partake. So, yeah so it's like if it's not one thing it's it's gonna be the other yeah um and that's where i feel like it's important to if you want to get through the holidays in a in a healthy way mm. um you got to cover all the bases if not you know something's gonna sneak in the back door and you know i can buy some extra scratch off tickets
0: I wonder if there's some of that like
2: end of year syndrome too, where we're like kind of like screw it for the last couple of weeks. Cause I know January 1st, I'm going to tighten it up and yeah. I'm going to be this whole new person. And I'm going to,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
2: go 30 days without drinking and I'm going to go back to the gym and all these things. It's like, I always think of it as like that long kind of snow day where I can be hungover. I don't have a ton of responsibilities during that time. yeah, And it just doesn't matter as much, but I think that's where we always try to pull the conversation back to like yeah, it might not matter as much because you don't have to get up at seven, but does it matter in terms of how you're feeling on a daily basis or how much you're actually going to dread going to dinner because last night, you know, you stay up a little too late and, and just how does your body feel? Is that something that you really want to do? Or is that something that has just become default over the years?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the first thing that comes to my mind along those lines is kind of the difference in generations as they relate to this experience. I mean, when you're 20, Mm -hmm. I get it. Mm -hmm. Who gives a shit if you feel terrible on Christmas morning? Right. But when you're 40, Mm -hmm. and you have a nine-year-old, and it's the most important (laughs) day of the year for that kid, Mm -hmm. and you're just banged up when you wake up, I don't know. I don't know. And that's, I mean, that was... That was always my experience growing up. Like, everybody was super hungover, (laughs) super lethargic. We needed to get bloodies rolling or else Christmas was going to kind of be a bad mood situation. Mm -hmm. You know, I think those are kind of the things that we sometimes gloss over and and just accept as, as par for the course when maybe we shouldn't.
2: I think there's so many other areas to focus on. If if you take alcohol out of the equation, and I'm not that's not a recommendation. I'm, it's just a hypothetical. If you take it out of the equation, you try to figure out what other things could I bring to Christmas morning, right? What other things could I do? What other things could I make? It's like there's so many other possibilities other than just like Bailey's and my coffee, so, Bloody Mary.
3: Son, before you open your presents, we're going to do a short guided meditation <laughs> to make sure you can uh, fully the experience the joy.
1: <laughs> yeah. The worst. Yeah, Put that stocking down.
2: I think even for... Like families or even you know people who are in their 20s 30s that sort of thing where you're like in between like maybe you don't have kids and it's not this super magical experience right and you also are just around other adults or it's, or it's just you like what can that look like and for me my biggest replacement has always been like how else can I enrich that experience just without alcohol and for me it usually does go towards food or mm-hmm. some type of non-alcoholic option where I'm like well, I really do want to make like a warm mold something, but it doesn't need to be wine. Like, why can't it be apple cider? Like, why can't it be... Because then I don't have to be hungover and need a nap at 2 p.m., you know, and just figuring out what other substitutions that could be. um, What else could you put the focus on so that it's not just alcohol and then you've got some agency over, do I even want a drink or not?
1: Yeah.
3: I I I really think that that this can be, I mean, it's, it's really difficult for people. I I can imagine that it's really difficult for people to go into Christmas right now or the holiday season and try to take on this type of wellness, Mm -hmm. health and wellness mindset, like during this time, um, if they haven't already been engaged in it somewhat. Um, You know, so maybe this is a time to be mindful of it and kind of, get through it as best you can and then adjust Cause it, it, and, I, and I'm and i thinking about this because over Thanksgiving and I, you know I was talking to you guys about this before the um, before we started recording but I felt like you know I didn't feel like I was too burnt out from working until I stopped mm-hmm. and I took like four or five days off and everything kind of caught up to me um, and I wasn't able to relax and the be, because I hadn't been taking care of myself prior to right. that time, um, and it, what made me think of that is because you were like, "How? What? What are some things that we can do mm-hmm. um, in order to be able to be present and experience that?" And yeah, for me, it has to be consistent and preventative. Mm. I can't just like turn it off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So sure.
2: you make your kids do meditation before yeah. they open their exactly. presents,
3: <laughs>
1: forcefully. <laughs> mm-hmm. Clear your mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yeah>. Stop thinking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing that comes to my mind is based on what you were saying, Sam. Where I, I like the I like the practice of coming up with a hypothetical because so often we're just in kind of default mode. Mm -hmm. We just, Mm -hmm. we do what we've always done. We do what we're supposed to do, or we do what everybody else is doing. And there's, you know, there's those kinds of pressures that we know are out there. And then, you know, I think obviously I I don't drink, so I have to think about the holidays a little differently. And my strategy in a lot of areas is the little victories go a long way. Mm. So it's, if you're thinking hypothetically and you're thinking, all right, what if I woke up Saturday morning or, or Christmas morning without the the standard hangover that I typically mm-hmm. have. What, what would that feel like? Probably seems a little appealing. Mm-hmm. How would I do that? Well, maybe it's like have one less. Stay right. out an hour less. You know, whatever it is, but it, but it requires some level of discipline. And from my experience, whenever I apply any discipline that's going towards my natural impulse decisions, I feel like I've achieved something I feel better I feel yeah that feels good there's a mental health push that comes from that so there's a reward from it so when you're if we're thinking hypothetically what would it look like
2: I think that's really important Robbie I mean I think any place in your life where you're making an intentional decision you just feel so much more empowered about the outcome than if you had just kind of autopiloted through whatever the situation was and I mean I think that's a lot of the experience for me it was asking you know what would what would Christmas look like without alcohol and that's a super hypothetical for me because it's never going to not include alcohol with the people that I choose to spend Christmas with so if if you literally can't imagine a holiday without alcohol no judgment like that's That's the case for me. I can't imagine it without alcohol. That doesn't mean I'm going to die if alcohol is not there. It just means I'm going to have to spend some time creating that because it's not just naturally in my imagination. It's not just naturally something that I have seen demonstrated for me. So I don't know what else we would be drinking other than champagne. Like, Mm -hmm. right. And and figuring out like, okay, well, for me, that could look like ginger ale because I hate champagne. I've even asked for ginger ale like at my wedding. When, when they're serving champagne, because I hate champagne,
0: <laughs> so it's just figuring
2: out like those substitutions. And then, one, I think one of the most controversial questions that I ask is like, when do like when do you want to get drunk, or like when do you really care about having alcohol? Yeah. And if you feel really protective over a certain scenario or a certain thing that you really want to keep alcohol paired with, fine. And then. Tell me about all the other scenarios. Do you feel protective over those? Do you need it in those? Would you substitute in those? And most people are like, honestly, couldn't care less about these five scenarios. But I'll tell you what, at Christmas dinner, I'm having a glass of wine. Yeah. It's like, great. But even then, you're giving it some thought that you hadn't before. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: But no one likes that question,
0: Mm-mm. like
2: where are you for sure gonna get drunk? <laughs> <laughs> you know what night are you for sure know. gonna? I drink? mean, I think that's a
3: good. It's, uh, a, good it's a good thing to map out, though. I mean, and you, when I think of this, I don't just think about alcohol because mm-hmm. I don't think about that that much anymore. But when it comes to health and wellness, again, like when we come to strategizing if we do want to take a look at what we're doing that that brings us joy or or can potentially hurt us and we want to mitigate that or mitigate any type of risk that we're going to get in a blowout fight with a family member Mm -hmm. um or (laughs) you know whatever that looks like just being mindful of it and intentional going into to the next few weeks it can really prevent a lot of bad stuff from happening and and even more so, fallout and consequences that other family members or kids or, you know, spouses are going to experience because of that. Those you know behaviors that we just we don't think about. You know, where do we start if we want to make a holiday roadmap? Mm-hmm. What's the target? You know, is we're it less? Is it less drinking? I, I love that idea, Sam. It's like we're, we're pick your pick your. <laughs>
0: Top your three night. drinking yeah. moments.
3: How much do you need to have fun? And let's set some boundaries around it or some parameters.
1: But it boils down to the intention, right? I mm-hmm. mean, and, and, but at the same time, and we've had this discussion, being super intentional is not very fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole point. <laughs> right. It's, yeah. like, it's like, I don't want to <laughs> think re- about yeah, this stuff over the holidays. I don't want to think about it. I just want to be and go and do. Yeah.
0: And but the
2: thing is, we do it with other stuff. Like, we do it with food. Right. Like, I've I've I eaten don't. differently even today based on the fact that, like, I want to eat so much food tonight when we go to dinner.
1: Mm. Oh, we're gonna. You know? Gonna. Like, I I'm think just lunch.
2: being like, alcohol is just not different, right? Like, you make these choices already with some other stuff, maybe, where you're thinking about, this is the day that I really care about, or this is the season I really care about overindulging. And fine, But maybe even further defining what overindulging looks like to you. Do you have a ceiling where you're like, and that's probably the cap that I should probably use, right? Like, do we even know what those things are? Mm Because I think one of the things that was hard for me with family, and my mother who listens to this probably won't appreciate this, but I think I always during the holidays was around family who were drinking, but they drank very differently than me or they drank different stuff than I was accustomed to drinking. So if I knew that I could have like two or three beers and be in a safe zone, that doesn't help me at all when I'm in a scenario where all that's offered maybe is like wine and whiskey. Like I don't really know what that is, right? And so if I'm like a college student going home or I'm, you know, a young adult and I'm not at the kids table, but I'm not quite involved with the adults yet, like what do I... Or I just drink whiskey and, like, hope for the best. Like, I don't really know <laughs> what the parameters are, you know, because I haven't really thought about, well, how many of those would it take to feel the same way? Mm-hmm. And that sucks the fun out of drinking. Like,
0: yeah.
2: if I have to sit down and be like, Mom, tell me about how many ounces are in How it? much like, liquor is oh, in this eggnog? Oh, God. But, but to that point, I also remember feeling my worst after having spent a night with, like, family or something, like that's when I usually would overindulge or or just not be super intentional about my drinking. I felt safe and they were drinking something different that I wasn't accustomed to. And so those two things paired together led to me being more intoxicated than I needed to be. Mm -hmm. So I think even in those scenarios of just thinking through like, well, what will I tell family now i proudly tell them i hate whiskey i know i'm scottish i hate whiskey like i don't even know i had no business drinking you hate it in the champagne first place. and
1: you hate whiskey the yeah. worst the drinker ever
2: you, you know and, and figuring some of those things out of just kind of that's
1: why you're not an alcoholic by the way mm-hmm.
2: right i know what's a seal what's a cap who caps it i hate it
1: too but i'll drink it yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it's not for enjoyment <laughs>
2: I think one of the hardest things for me early on was figuring out what to tell people. And we've talked a lot about this because I think it's some of the most helpful takeaways that we've had from some of the other literature, some of the other guests that we've brought on is when they really share concretely, okay, so what? Like, I hear you, but like, what am I supposed to say? Right? And there are a million things you can (laughs) say to people. and
0: I don't
3: like to drink with alcoholics. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Like, just being able to be like, I first of all you can totally lie if you want to like you can be like I have an early workout like no Mm -hmm. one's going to bar you know Mm -hmm. the day after Christmas but whatever sure you have an Mm. early workout (laughs) you can totally say that you can totally lie but I also think that there's places to just be like you know I'm not really feeling it do you have anything non-alcoholic yeah like that sounds so simple but it's so hard to say in the moment and you know being able to kind of just take a little bit more ownership over maybe even the reasons why you're listening to this podcast or maybe the reasons why you would even intentionally select the night that you would want to drink and bring some truth to that statement of like, you know, I haven't been feeling it lately. Like, or, you know, my body just doesn't tolerate it as well anymore. Or like for health reasons, I'm not really drinking right now. And just asking someone for a different beverage or being like i'm all good you know i don't really like i've been pretty sensitive to that you
3: can even use this time to experiment with with some totally. type of new beverage like non-alcoholic beer or
2: yeah well there's spirits. so much fun stuff out there yeah. now that didn't used to exist you know it's like
3: you're going to smoke fun. weed so
2: fun super fun stuff
3: yeah. like if we go there. to the
2: restaurant tonight like and they don't water. have a non-alcoholic menu i'm leaving. You're leaving walk out. This place is bullshit! (laughs) Uh,
1: So it's interesting to think about the illusion of the good times that we're having, you know, throughout the holidays. And, you know, I, I think we... We often remember, selectively remember certain things. You know, obviously when we're under the influence of alcohol in in our own heads, things are very different than how they are maybe in other people's heads or other people's experiences of a specific event. But I think that's something that we could probably pick apart here as far as Christmas, you know, experiences go.
2: Drink and be
0: merry.
3: I can think of a delusion that, that I experienced, um... You know, I mean, and this was, you know, before this was way before I removed alcohol from my life. But I I remember there were several Christmases um, where it's like either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day and I'm hanging out in a bar, mm-hmm. you know, like with a bunch of people that. You know, I kind of know maybe some of them I do, some of them I don't. And I'm thinking I'm having this like wonderful time and I'm feeling good because I'm drinking. And, you know, my family's at home like, where's Patrick? Right. You know, and I and I, that's like out of sight, out of mind, because I'm, you know, giving myself the, you know, the free pass. To, oh, it's Christmas. I can do whatever I want. And I'm, you know, hanging out in this dive bar on Christmas Eve while <laughs> everybody else is wrapping presents and I'm yeah. drinking Vark th- out of a styrofoam <laughs>
0: cup <laughs> and it's so much fun Yeah, a bunch yeah. Of other and low, I'm gonna, I'm, low gonna I'm
1: gonna get it to go drink you know and everything's fine because it's Christmas Eve I remember going to you know for our listeners we're in the south and I grew up going to church a lot um <laughs> And Christmas Eve, you know, you go to the church service and I mean, we always went to the late service and that was after, you know, (laughs) afternoons and (laughs) evenings of parties. And I mean, we, you know, there was a period of time where it was that sweet spot where I was like in college and my brother was out of college and my dad was still drinking and. Man, we were like a half, half pint of
3: rumplements at, in your sure. uh, coat pocket. And, then, and you could look around, and I'd <laughs> see Passing my boys, and
1: we'd be loud in church. And I remember one time we were standing up singing, and when the when the hymn's over, we all sit down at the same time, and we all just went into the pew and it like cracked the back of the pew and this huge church and everybody's looking and turning around and we thought it was the funniest thing ever and we still tell that story that is pretty funny to the point of what we're talking about that is a fucking terrible thing yeah that was terrible it makes me cringe to think about my poor mother yeah. looking down the yeah. uh, the pew going, Oh Jesus, I can't believe yeah, my literally two sons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please oh, Lord, nice. Lord, please. <laughs> but uh, I think
2: everyone has examples like that and we have such rosy retrospection of how things go. Like the whole drink and be merry thing. Like, what about the people who drink and become assholes? Like I'm a yeah, little bit of that. Of so, you know, when I didn't drink for two years, one of the things I very quickly identified was it's was not me drinking alcohol, it was me drinking way too much alcohol. Yeah.
0: That that, uh, you
2: know, was kind of where the problematic zone was. And it's really just the, for me personally, it became the, I don't, the, the overindulgence, but also the over intoxication where there's no prefrontal cortex function, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm crying about someone else's problems <laughs> and being like, you don't get it. You don't <laughs> care. Like I'm like picking arguments about stuff that like barely exists in the real is world. Is that what
3: you do in your therapy sessions?
2: <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I think I that's not uncommon that's and there are plenty of people that I can think about right now sitting here that I really enjoy being around. I really enjoy their company, and that changes for me if I'm honest, after they've had about three drinks, yeah, and at that point, I'm either no longer going to keep up with them, and so now we're in two totally different headspaces yeah. or They become argumentative or they become obnoxious or, you know, we were talking the other night about like, what kind of drunk are you? And it was like, well, you're actually like, really, you're a fun outgoing person and all that. But after three beers, you actually become obnoxious and like instigating, Mm -hmm. right? Like in whatever form that looks like, but Mm -hmm. I can think of a lot of people like that. And so When I think about the holidays, I think that's one of the pieces that when people are overindulging, they're forgetting that does not always result in really good times for everyone.
0: Yeah. And yeah. if
2: you notice there are people who tend to leave holiday parties early or dip out it's because they're the ones sober enough noticing that yeah. change happening Yeah right? I didn't
3: notice that until until I stopped drinking
2: And you're like oh
3: Cuz like my it, you know not without giving too much information but like my you know my my family they they are not the boisterous kind of belligerent mm-hmm. you know drinkers Right You know they drink a lot I mean our family owns a wine shop so there's always tons of wine at Christmas but they right. you know it's wine drunk like right. everybody's just kind of like we drink a bunch and then we fall asleep. Yeah. You know, it's not, <laughs> it, never, it never came to blows when, we we never really got in arguments. Um, the, at least the holiday parties that I can remember as a kid. So it was never like that for me. But yeah. since I stopped drinking, I've noticed, you know, the family members that I do know that don't drink as much as the other ones or family friends that come to our holiday stuff. Like, yeah. You know, after dinner.
2: Right. Like, okay. Right. I think, too, one of the the things that becomes a little regretful is when you leave the holidays or you leave family and feel like you haven't actually gotten to like, oh, I didn't get to ask them about that or oh, I didn't really get that time with whoever' and I didn't really get to talk to them about that. It's like, yeah, because a lot of it was actually centered around drinking or the conversation so much more superficial and like drawn out and funny for no reason when you're drinking, and there's no. Like my fiance has that complaint a lot with like his boys trips. Like when he comes yeah. home from a boys you trip, he's remem- like, I'm kind of like sad remember though. Remember cause I didn't it. actually get to spend time with my homies and like, do like we drank, but we didn't really get to, I have no idea what's going on with him as a girlfriend or I have no idea what's, you know, just kind of that remorse. But then fast forward to the following year, we usually do the same thing over again yeah. and call it fun.
3: I and mean, that's a whole another topic reminds me of Sarah Olin, too, talking about, you know, alcohol is a cheap form of connection. Sure. It's, it's not. It's bullshit. Like, it's, you know, we connect to this superficial level, mm-hmm. but.
1: And in the moment, it feels oh, so,
3: so real.
1: Bonding and real, and mm-hmm. we're just crying and yeah. but to your point, like and the next day, it's like, what did we talk about?
3: Yeah, or yeah. stuff that I really wanted to know.
2: Yeah. Or the opposite, where we feel like we don't actually have enough connection or kind of vulnerability with the people that we're with to be able to have some of those conversations sober. And so instead, if we are grieving or we are hurting or yeah. we are struggling with something, then the only time someone hears about it is because we got a little too mm-hmm. drunk last night or we drank a little too much, finally shared it, and then we go... And then go, it's never talked about again. Oh, it was just because I was drinking too much. Exactly. Or the other person writes it off as, is it just because you were drinking too yeah. much? And it's, you know, or it creates
3: this awkwardness in the dynamic where just everybody avoids the, you know, it's like that didn't even happen. Let's just pretend that didn't happen.
2: Kind of looking at, okay, well, how do I do this differently if I choose to? And no judgment if you choose not to, because I think that's totally fine too. And the fact that you're thinking about it's huge. I have little guidelines that I don't know that I ever really have shared out loud, but they just help me. Um, Things like I don't, it's very atypical for me to have a drink before I eat. It doesn't matter what time of day it is. It doesn't matter what meal it is or what the thing is that we're doing. Um, Even when I'm at a restaurant or a holiday party or anything like that, when they're, they always take cocktails and like drinks first. Mm -hmm. And I'm always like, I'll take a water for now and until i've eaten something i just don't have any interest in drinking because of the way that it makes me feel and so that's become kind of a staple rule for me of even if i'm at a party and someone's like do you want me to i'm getting a glass of wine do you want one i will pretty much always say let me grab a bite first right ah, and it's not no
3: yeah you're definitely you're, not you're an alcohol definitely not an alcohol
2: <laughs> so inefficient just, with your drinking yeah. it's unreal it's fantastic.
1: wasting money it's, you're a breath of fresh air yeah. sam
2: just the it's so unfun though you know like you feel so unfun doing those things but I'll tell you what if you can figure out what works for you you yeah. end up having more fun totally. and just not having to worry about it it's empowering well, it, too it and
1: yeah. you know, the, the opposite true. is that I couldn't eat without alcohol when I was drinking <laughs> like yeah. literally I, I, my, I was so nervous being where I was like I had to have it I mean, forever. Mm. My my panic and anxiety was held right in my stomach. Yeah, alcohol was the first thing that made me be able to eat. So I'm fortunate. Just, so don't say you're not fun. No, I it's get a bad it. Bad thing. I mean, it's, it's I'm
2: definitely fortunate. I have the opposite because it will make me sick to my stomach, and then I can't eat. And I'm sure shit gonna eat because that's mm. pretty pretty much why I'm there. Like it doesn't matter where I am as long as there's food. <laughs> that's kind of the main focus. So you know, thinking through some things like that of like what do you want to feel like tonight? Right. What, what do you want this to look like? Ideally going into your night, how many would you drink? Do you have a cap? Do you not? Right. Is it a night where you don't want to have a cap and you don't want to be thinking about it like that? Fine. Maybe that's your night that you've chosen. And thinking through some of the things of like, even as far down as how do I want to feel tomorrow morning? And so what am I going to drink? Not just am I going to or not? And how many it's, it's also figuring out there are nights where I'll choose to skip on the two glasses of wine with dinner that everyone's having because I really want the Bailey's with cinnamon by the fire later. Right? Like I think those types of decisions warrant a little bit of thought because I think even in the sense that we think of alcohol as kind of this treat or reward the same way we do with food sometimes of like, shit, if it's a reward, like, at least plan out what you want. Like, at least get the big chocolate cake and know that that's what you're, you know, looking forward to.
3: To me, this just comes back to the hardest part of me thinking about this is, like, the one decision. Am I, it's, like, kind of an all, like, the holidays to me, when it comes to this stuff, it's, like, an all-or-nothing thing. Yeah. Like, am I going to give myself an excuse to, you know, and and for me, I think probably the best way to box that in would be, like, a, All right, well, I'm only going to go crazy for two days, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're really, to our listeners out there, like, if you're really kind of dedicated to this health and wellness thing and taking care of yourself, like, you know, like you said, you got to be real intentional about going into this.
2: I think that's a nice way to look at it, too, from the health perspective of what are my health and wellness goals and does the plan for tonight fit with that. So like, if I really do want to go to yoga at nine 15 tomorrow morning, does yeah. what I'm planning or not really planning around to do tonight fit with that? Mm-hmm. Because if I really want to be super centered, meditative and not sweating out fireball, then like mm-hmm. maybe <laughs> tonight needs to look a little bit different, but that's, it's so much more focused on what I want out of life or, or health and wellness than it is yeah. about alcohol.
1: So then how do you hold that intention? Because I think so many of of us have the issue of one cocktail, fuck it. Yeah. Right? I mean, that was always my issue. Everything changed as soon as I got a little in me.
2: Yeah. I think there's one of two things going on there, right? I think either if you are someone, we should probably put this out there too. If you are someone who has tried to attempt to create guidelines for yourself, create rules, and you were not able to, probably this conversation does not apply.
3: Yeah, or you can use this holiday as your first experimentation instead yeah. of an excuse and, and and say, all right, I'm going to be disciplined. I'm going to make a commitment yeah. not to let myself indulge over this holiday and right. and then reflect on it in January and,
0: yeah. Yeah. Make you some know,
3: decisions. Yeah, yeah, and be like, okay, well, next year I'm going to do this again or next year I'm going to give myself a week to, yeah. to do whatever the hell I want.
2: Because I think in reality, Robbie, to what you're asking is like – early on that may happen a couple of times. You may be like, I'm going to have one. And then once you're done with the first one, you're like, two sounds great. Mm. And then you kind of keep going. And I don't think there's anything wrong with fumbling through that. I, yeah, I think no. that's part of as the learning as experience. As long as you're tracking
1: it. Right. Well, and we do it in all the other areas of life as well. I For mean, sure. We all have to learn the hard way sometimes.
2: Like, I'm going to go to the gym five days a week? No, I'm not. Please. Please. Like, but I. But if I try to tell myself that over and over and over and keep failing at it, at some point I've got to adjust the goal or yeah, the target, yeah. right? Yeah.
1: Like, quit, <laughs> quit saying you're going to go. Stop saying <laughs> you're
2: going to have one cocktail if that's not really realistic for you. Yeah. And then you get to go, okay, then I'm going to plan on having two and stick to that. Or you're going to go, it kind of worries me that I can't stick but to it. But have a one. target. Have a target, yeah. right? Think about it intentionally going into it and be willing to screw it up a couple of times. I mean, I think that's part of it is at least now there's an intention or a target to hit or miss before yeah. you were just doing whatever
0: mhm
3: so like what are what are some new you know if you are trying to go at this intentionally and you're going to give yourself a break or kind of cut back on your on your drinking and you are kind of the odd man out in your family dynamic or party i'm just thinking of other creative ways to kind of crowd this stuff out you know what are some other options we you know we got the non-alcoholic stuff but from when it comes, like when it comes to activities and, yeah, and it, my mind goes straight to kids. Mm-hmm. It's like, Games you, know, you know, like how, if I'm not going to drink, I might as well spend my time connecting with my loved ones on a, yeah. on a you know, fun, deeper level.
2: I think the reality is traditions all started with someone going, "Hey, we should do this." And yeah. you can totally be that person too. It's not because and it doesn't matter what family role you hold, right? Yeah. Like being able to say, "Okay, I know that this is what we usually do, but what do y'all think about going for a walk after dinner? What do y'all think about um I'm going to make some espresso. Does anyone want some?" Right? Like right after dinner, I don't want a cocktail or I don't want whatever. And so just being like, "Well, what do I want? What would I want to do? And the majority of the time, at least in my family and in my friend circle, the majority of the time that I've suggested something new or something different, I've either had people be like, that's a great idea. Or I've had one person silently pull me aside and be like, thank you. I was so done with beer pong (laughs) like you know someone somewhere is also craving for there to be something different and if not most people are at least up for it and so I think being creative and really thinking through what do I want my holidays to look like and maybe alcohol is a piece of that but what else and just spend some time on that like imagining what else you want it to look like and creating it
1: yeah my mom was always a uh, really good at at just having kind of a schedule of fun events. stuff, yeah, like all, like little wrapped up sayings and like fortune type cookies Aww. and little poppers you pop off that give you good you know predictions in life and then maybe a song we all sing, mm-hmm. man, that's fun,
2: like <laughs> <laughs> you remember it. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: uh, but I'm telling you, man, it's, it is fun. It absolutely Hell is yeah. fun. It is because it's uncomfortable, and it's weird, and it's vulnerable, and yeah, it's silly, like and that's what we remember, and the kids love it. Yeah. And, and that stuff yeah, leads it, to, like, the biggest, the best, the best belly laughs. It's the best. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's fascinating to think about all the different kinds of families and the different kinds of Christmases, and, and not, not, like, culturally, but more specifically, like, I've got friends that dread christmas yeah they dread the certain aunt and the uncle and the certain family or the brother that they've got you know issues with and there's a lot of that out there and there's also a a lot of there's not a lot of that i mean you know there's plenty of people
3: that don't you know celebrate other holidays or they don't celebrate at all yeah you know or did and then something happened and now they don't
2: well, that's where some of the agency starts, right? Of like, we're talking a lot about alcohol, maybe back all the way up of like, do you even want to go to that thing? Or is yeah. alcohol the only thing that makes it tolerable? Like, do you have to yeah. go? Do you have to yeah. go for long? And
3: why are you going? Right. I mean, a lot of this from like a self-reflection standpoint, mm-hmm. this is an opportunity. If you are engaging in some type of health and wellness, you need to, you know, check how this affects your mental health. Is it, Yeah. You know, is this a good relationship dynamic for you to be in in the first place? Right. Why are you going? What are you scared of? Why are you afraid to set some sort of boundary with a family member?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if the only way to do it is to drink your way through it. <laughs> right. po- poet and didn't know it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: the only way through it is... Th- no. i going to break into a little, <laughs> little verse. <laughs>
0: um,
2: no, I think that's important. Just, you know do you have to or do you get to and if it feels like you have to is it the black and white version of it or could you adapt it to make it even more comfortable for you and and if not do you really you know do you really need to go i mean
3: one of the you know one of the things that i talk about with my clients around this stuff is almost the first thing that i always suggest is you gotta have an exit plan yeah you know i mean and that's for any situation you're in when people are drinking and you're not yeah um, or even if you you know you are drinking but you're trying not to get drunk
2: or you like, don't like people after they their drink yeah how,
3: yeah like you were talking about like mm-hmm. how the hell how do you get out of here mm-hmm. you driving yeah
2: you i know? think if this is your first christmas without alcohol or your first anything without alcohol i think just being really careful and caring with yourself to make sure that you're going to take care of you and that you have a plan around that and not just that the whole plan can't just be I'm not going to drink there's got to be some other kind of supplementation of like what are you going to do because that's the lack of behavior right I'm not going to drink okay but what are you going to do I'm going to go I'm going to drink sparkling water I'm going to leave at this time I'm going to talk to these people and then I'm out right like I'm gonna
3: sit at the kids table
2: (laughs) right Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah I'm gonna supervise. I'm gonna. I'm always like, I'll help do dishes. I'm
0: gonna bring a game that gets me
2: out of so much, hmm. right? Of like, I'll do that. I'll Come do that. Miles, that. Give do yourself a job. I'll do the dishes. <laughs> Get me out of this conversation. I'll Stay in the kitchen by myself like an antisocial.
3: Yeah, that's where my <laughs> head went. I was like, why? Why are you trying to avoid your family? If my mom's <laughs>
2: listening to this, going, "You have never done the dishes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> don't even <laughs> liar. Not at your house."
3: And that's another thing too if, if anybody's going through any type of grief or um or they you know are having a hard time connecting with family over the holidays, one of the things that I've always found to be helpful and everybody that I've ever known that's engaged in something like this has found it you know, has had an amazing experience, is doing some type of service work over right. the holidays, and, you know, if, if you feel like you're in a rough spot over the holidays, there's always somebody or some family that's in a rougher spot than mm-hmm. you, and a way to kind of throw things in perspective and also bring some type of connection or joy to another less fortunate family yeah. or friend. Mm-hmm. Um Suggestion. Is to is to do some type of service work or reach out to another friend that str- that you know is struggling or, right. um, you know, get get with other people that are get with your tribe.
1: The idea is to look for other things. You know, what do you do? You don't sit around the tree by yourself. You know, go do some service work. There's lots of organizations out there. Obviously, I'd, I, we're we're buddied up with one in our area called Counterculture Club, Molly Rogieri. Uh, founded it and and they host all kinds of events and do things around this time of year uh, for those kinds of people for people who want to get out and do stuff and see people uh, that might not have you know a massive um, family to 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 gather with so anyway if you're looking into uh, doing some other things look into counterculture club if you're in the uh, southeast there they are starting to spread around the country and the world but um, there's a big hub in the southeast. Um, look up their website, countercultureclub.org, and Instagram counterculture underscore club. All right. So as we wrap it up, families are are tough. Christmas is tough. Holidays are hard. This one might be extra hard.
2: Use all of your community resources. You know, I think there there's a lot out there if you're looking for it. And please don't ever feel stuck. There's there's nothing wrong with even just calling 911 and knowing that you or someone else needs help. I think that's the first step and making sure that you achieve that level of help, I think is super important.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, wherever you are, I can guarantee there's some AA stuff going on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, They always
3: have that Alcathon. Alcathon. Typically 24
1: hours of meetings on, they usually do it on Christmas and New Year's. Most big cities do that where there's a meeting every hour on the hour over Christmas. Um, there's yeah. a lot of support out there for those that are struggling a little more intensely.
3: Another thing, too, I mean, this is a good time to get involved in
1: therapy, too. Hey, you grab know, a little therapy. If that's
3: something you've been thinking about, you're really, it's kind of getting a little bit more stressful around the holidays. I mean, there's tons of different if options. You got some
2: FSA dollars laying around, yeah. you know. Get on in there.
1: Mm-hmm. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. All of us here at Champagne Problems would like to wish you a happy holiday. Stay safe out there. The information and opinions shared on this podcast are solely those of the hosts and guests and are not a substitute for medical advice. If you feel like you may need professional help, here are some resources. For the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration hotline, call 1-800-662-4357 or visit smsa.gov. For listeners in the Charlotte, North Carolina community, visit dillworthcenter.org or call 704-372-6969 or visit theblanchardinstitute.com or call 704-288-1097.